0: It's our prayer that this message from God's word will deeply impact your life. Good morning. morning. All right, let's see a raise of hands. Um, Who got 50% or more right? 50% or more right? Okay. Who's lying? Raise your hand. (laughs) Uh, No? Okay, we got some liars. Perfect. Okay. You are welcome at this church, all right? We just want to say that. Um, uh, Let's see. 75% or more. 75% or more you got right. Impressive, impressive. 80%, 90%. Okay, this is for the, the kids. Who here got more than their parents? For sure, you know you got more than your parents. Yeah, I like your honesty. Okay, Monica, we're going to do a Bible study and help you out, okay? All right. Um, perfect. Who got perfect? Who got perfect? Oh, great job. Okay, I love that. Ravi, your son's a scholar. I love it. Okay. Perfect. Well, for those of you who are are new, we're in a a new series, uh, or we're continuing in a series called True North, learning to let uh, God's truth set the course for your life. And as you know, it's 23rd, we're getting ready for Christmas. And uh, that shattering sound that you heard, the bulbs, did that make any of you cringe? I learned that sound for the first time uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, I was preparing uh, uh, some food for Noah, and uh, we're we're like them, where we set up our tree in November. And uh, anyways, I'm I'm preparing this food, and all I hear is, and then I just hear this, (laughs) oh. And I turn the corner, and all I see is my son like this, you know, with his arms stretched and throwing, throwing, uh, uh, yeah, Anyways, ornaments and all that stuff. So needless to say, the plastic ones are on the bottom now. So life lessons that I'm, I'm learning as, a, as we go along. Uh, but yeah, we're in this series called True North. And over the last number of weeks, we've been going through the Christmas story and discovering, uh, discovering what it teaches us about truth, what well, we can learn about truth. And some of the things that we've been able to discover over the number of weeks is that truth is something that we must search for. we got to look for truth. It doesn't exist outside uh, or within us. It, it exists outside of ourselves. Truth is not relative. It's not, well, you know what, it's true, might be true for you, but it's not true for me. Um, what we've learned is that there are absolutes to truth. And, uh, and as a result of the idea that we have to search for truth uh, to find it out, what we'll discover if you really do have this moment where you decide to look for the truth, you know, the meaning to life, the, the purpose behind everything, is what you'll find is that when it comes to the search for truth, you won't find uh, a thing. Truth is not a thing. It's not a concept. But what truth is, is that it's a person. You'll find that if you search for truth, what you find is Jesus, Jesus. Right? The wise men, through the Christmas story, we learn that the wise men were in search for truth and what they found was this little baby named Jesus. And it changed their life forever. So today, we're going to finish up the series, uh, and we're going to look at the Christmas story again. And specifically, we're actually going to look from the, the story of the shepherds, when they first learned about the incarnation of truth, when they first discovered that God was in flesh, that God was in the form of, of Jesus. And we're going to talk about today how this truth still means so much to us today. It's still relevant today, and it's still impacting each of us 2,000 years later. And I know what you're thinking. Why is the band still up here? Um, Great question. Why are you guys still up here? I'm just joking. No, no, no. They're here because we're going to do uh, just it a little bit differently today and we're going to have some moments of reflection, sometimes where we get to sing together as we just go through the word and discover this, this truth about who God is in the form of Jesus. So open up your Bibles to Luke 2. If you've got your Bible apps or you've got your, your Bibles, um, if you need a Bible, I know we've got some in the back. Feel free. We're going to uh, Luke 2. And we're going to start at verse 8. Luke 2, verse 8. This is what the Word of God has to say. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest in heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So from this incredible moment in history, there's something special that we learn about truth. One thing that you discover is that the truth is revealed in extraordinary ways. God reveals himself to us in extraordinary ways. For the shepherds, in in, uh, Luke 2, verse 9, if you look back at your Bible, it says that the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Can you imagine in that moment that happening to you? It's nighttime, you're a simple shepherd, you're watching over your, your, your flock, you're, you're scoping the lands, making sure that you know, nothing or no one will come and try and steal your sheep away, and then suddenly, bam! This, this immense light, this immense something is in front of you. You know uh, the TV show Touched by an Angel where it's this soft moment and someone with an Irish accent tells you that they're from God, right? It's nothing like that, right? When we learn about the glory of the Lord, when we see these moments, it literally brought people to their knees. And so in this moment, out of nowhere, God reveals his glory to these shepherds, and they're terrified, the Bible says. You know, that that deserves, I I think this is where the Jews got this oy vey saying, right? Oy vey, right? Um, But not all of us learn about Jesus that way right? I'm sure if I asked most of you, you weren't like, yeah, actually, no, it's the craziest thing. I was just minding my own business, and then, right, an angel showed up, and then a bunch of other angels showed up, and then the glory of the Lord shone around me, and God is good, and I became a Christian, right? Often, that's not our story, but God does reveal himself to us in extraordinary ways. Each one of us would have a story that would talk about that, a unique way in which God met you, for some of us, it was at different stages and, and ages in our lives. You know, for some of you, it was, you were raised into this, and so you learned as a, as a child. For others, you found out about Jesus when you were a teenager, when you were a young adult. For others, you found out in, in your older age, you found out when you were an adult having kids, right? We all learn in these different stages. For others, it was, it was um, when there was someone in your life that was sick, Right? Or or you were sick and, and you learned about Jesus. It was maybe in a season of heartache. It was a you know when you felt lost or or hopeless. It was in a season of chaos. You know, uh, one thing that we're hearing right now a lot, especially over in the Middle East and, and other parts of the world, is we're we're finding out that God is revealing Himself to people in dreams. Right? And they have no clue who this Jesus person is, and yet and yet suddenly they'll have this dream. Of Jesus. And so they, ha- they just instantly just changed their life and the trajectory of their life and, and follow this Jesus because of a dream. You know, for-, for some of us, it was family members that got to share Jesus to us or-, or friends that got to share that story. You know, maybe it was in a unique place for you. Maybe it was at a camp. Right, that you learned about Jesus. Maybe it was in a church service. There's tons of places that you could have learned. Either way, it was a moment that redefined and shaped your life. I once actually, I, I was talking to a friend of mine, Graham, and he reminded me of this incredible story of a, a man named Jasper Toe. And Jasper Toe was a, a young man who lived in Liberia. And so the story goes is Jasper Toe makes this long seven day trek to uh, uh, from his village in Liberia to uh, Garraway Beach, to uh, the beaches overlooking the Atlantic. And he makes this seven-day journey. And the reason why he made this seven-day journey is because he would, uh, at night, he would leave his, uh, get outside of his hut and, and go outside of the tribe and he would stare at the stars and he would look up at the sky and he would say to himself, there must be a creator. There must be someone or something that made this all. And every night he would go out and he would look at the stars and he would just say, who is this? Who would create this? Someone had to create this. And then one day, as clear as day, he goes outside and he yells at the sky and he says, who are you? Who are you? If, if, if there's someone who made all of this, who are you? And Jasper in that moment heard this voice in his, in his mind and in his heart, and it, it said to him to make a trek to Garraway Beach. And once you get there, you will find a big giant box with steam coming out of it. And outside of that big giant box, you will see a smaller box come out of that box. And there you will find out the truth of who I am. And so Jasper, being a man who desperately wanted to know the reason for this all, takes this seven-day journey. And he walks seven days away from his village to Garraway Beach. And he gets there, and to his amazement and joy, he sees this giant box with steam coming out of it, floating on the water. And by the way, that happened in 1908, on Christmas Day. And so Jasper is seeing this big box. And you need to understand that in that moment, what actually was happening, there was another story happening at the same time. You see a man by the name of John Perkins, and he uh, took his family, and they decided to be missionaries in Africa. And so they're traveling on this steamboat. And as they're traveling they get to this one corner, and John Perkins suddenly feels the Holy Spirit say to him, you need to get off. You need to get off this boat, get on a smaller boat, and go to the beach. Go to Garraway Beach. And so John Perkins, feeling compelled by the Holy Spirit, tells the captain, I need to get off this boat. And the captain said, absolutely not. There's cannibals in this part of the, a part of the country. You do not want to go there. People disappear here. And back and forth they fought, back and forth, back and forth. No, I need to get off here. And so John Perkins gets his family, gets onto the smaller boat, and he gets onto Garraway Beach where he meets Jasper Toe. And through broken translation, John Perkins gets to tell Jasper about Jesus. You see, God is always trying to reveal who he is in extraordinary ways. And like, like Jasper, like the shepherds in the fields that night, and, and even as you and I reflect on how we first learned about God, how we first learned about who he is, and we learned about Jesus, how, how he revealed himself to us, one thing that we walk away in understanding is that God Reveals himself as in unlikely, unexpected, and even surprising ways. Not necessarily the way that we would do things, but it's his own extraordinary way to get our attention. Uh, you know, from the Christmas story, one thing we also learn we learn that the truth is meant to be personally experienced. Truth is meant to be personally experienced. I love. In Luke 2, verse 15 and 16, if you go back to your Bibles, it says that when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who were lying in a manger. A couple interesting things to point out here is in many ways, the shepherds were unlikely candidates to personally experience this phenomenon. In the culture of that day, shepherds were often disliked. uh, They weren't trusted. And in many ways, they were excluded from mainstream society because the work they tended to do, taking care of sheep and and dealing with all all the mess of it all, because of the work they did, it tended to keep them unclean. And as a result, disqualified them from these ceremonial purifications that happened. In other words, they weren't allowed to go to the temple. They weren't allowed to go and worship God at the temple. They weren't allowed to meet with God. And so God choosing to reveal himself to these shepherds and personally uh, experience God's presence and his glory tells you that God was in the middle of changing the status quo. Um, And if you think about it, up to this point in history, God only revealed himself to incredible leaders, leaders like Moses, where they got to experience the glory of the Lord. You know, and, and if it wasn't incredible leaders, it was remarkable prophets, prophets like Isaiah, who got to meet with God, not shepherds, It wasn't the shepherds that got this opportunity. Not that kind of person. Because they're not clean. They're not good enough. They weren't good enough. They were sinners. And yet they were the ones, these shepherds, the lowest of the low, they were the ones God chose to reveal himself to. And they got to experience God's glory in that moment. They got to experience God's goodness. They got to experience his presence. And if we were honest with ourselves today, often we disqualify ourselves or others because of the life we've lived, the things that people are doing, things that they've done. But you need to know that God qualifies those who feel disqualified. Disqualified that's why he came to earth. He's here to qualify those who feel disqualified, those who feel like they are on the outside looking in, the ones that society has given up on, the ones that think that they'll never be good enough. God came to meet with them. Just look at the at the Christmas story. The Messiah was born in a manger. The Savior of the world, God incarnate, God in the flesh, was born in a feeding trough where animals eat out of. You know, often when it comes to God, we have these preconceived notions of who God is, how God operates, and how we'll experience God. And regularly, he he contrasts against those ideas that we have and meets us in the most unlikely places, in the hardest of circumstances, for the shepherds met God in a manger. And that's what I love about Jesus. He doesn't meet us in our moments of splendor, But in our seasons of pain, in our times of questioning is when we meet God. In our periods of suffering, in in the humblest of places is where we meet God. It's where we meet the Prince of Peace. It's where we meet the Healer. It's where we meet the Provider. It's where we meet the Father and the Savior. And although our lives can be all over the place, one thing that constantly remains the same is that He is seeking out all of us. He's looking for you so that you, like the shepherds, could personally experience His love, so that you personally could experience His kindness, His joy, His forgiveness. presence. There's a a song that I absolutely love called Reckless Love. And in the bridge the the author of the song is talking about what God is, is doing for him. And I think it's true of who our God is. The lyrics say there's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up coming after me there is no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down coming after me what we can learn about this is he is willing to do whatever it takes for you to experience his kindness that's who God is just like we would look for things we cherish likewise God is in a constant state of endless pursuit for you think about that God is is in a constant state of endless pursuit for you. That's how much God loves you. And just because we write ourselves off or others doesn't mean Jesus stops pursuing us. think of in my own life just because my son doesn't uh does something wrong or, or doesn't want my love in a moment doesn't mean i stop loving him or finding new ways to show my love for him and it's the same with our heavenly father just because we don't want his love or just because we feel we don't deserve his love doesn't mean he stops loving us and pursuing new ways to get your attention to show his love for you That's the God we serve. That's the God who so desperately wants you to be a part of his love. And we see this in Luke, in Luke 15, in in the parables, Jesus is talking about a lost son who basically just says, uh, he says to his father, I want nothing to do with you. You might as well be dead. Give me my inheritance and I'll make my own way. And we know the story that ends up happening. The son goes flat broke and ends up coming back to, to the father. And what happens? The father sees the son in the distance and chases after them and gives him a big hug and brings him back home. That's the God we serve. We see it in the parable of the lost coin where the person literally searched the entire house to find that one coin. You're that one coin. God is constantly in pursuit of you, searching for you. That's the God we serve. We see the parable of the lost sheep, where he literally, the shepherd, leaves the 99 to find the one. You and I each have been the one that God has sought out. To find, to show his kindness, to show his love. God is trying to get our attention, to show his love for us. You know what this tells me? This tells me that Christmas and and the incarnation, God coming in the flesh, means that God went to infinite lengths to show himself, to show that he wants to know us personally. That's the God. That I'm talking about today. He became Emmanuel, God with us, going from a a throne to a manger. Think about that. God going from a place where He had everything and went to a manger. Where we would look at that and we would say you've got nothing and yet he saw each one of you and he says no everything is here that I need and he's looking at you and you and I today have this opportunity if we would ask if we would open up our hearts we have an opportunity today to experience Emmanuel, God, with us. So here's what we're going to do in this moment, because I think if we rush past this moment, we'd be missing out on something special. It's December 23rd, we've got Christmas coming up. the whole point of this season is reflection and remembering that we got we got to meet with God God came to us and so here's what I want to do I'd ask if you're willing just to close your eyes in this moment I remember, um, maybe you're like me, where you're very quick to disqualify yourself. I remember being that person who was like, "I'm just not good enough. I don't deserve this." I'm, and it was a big lesson to learn one day that it's not about what I deserve. It's, it's about His grace. It's about His love. It's about what He wants to do to extend that love. And the next line in this uh, in this song, it says, Be near me, Lord Jesus. I ask you today to be close by me forever and love me, I pray. And maybe for you in the room today, You feel distant from God. Maybe you've disqualified because of something that just recently came up. Maybe it was a lie that someone has spoken to in your life. Maybe it was a regret or maybe it's just been busyness. And today you're in this place where you're saying, but I really do want to be near. I want to be near him. And I want to pray for you before we sing this next verse. And I would just ask with every eye closed, if you're here today and you've disqualified yourself or you feel others have disqualified and as a result you've become distant, but you want to be near God today, you want to take that first initial step to move just a little bit closer to Him maybe to experience that peace that we've been talking about that that joy we've been talking about that love or kindness or forgiveness that we've been talking about if that's you today I just ask you to just raise your hand so I just know who I can be praying for in this season if if you're saying yeah God I want to be nearer to you if that's you just raise your hand right now in this moment thank you thank you thank you thank you yeah love that hands going everywhere Father thank you for Jesus for sending your son for us that we could be reconciled, that we could be made new. That you came not to just give us a new life, but a new heart. And so Lord, I pray for everyone here, for those hands raised and those who didn't. God, I pray for everyone here. I pray, Lord, that this season, in the midst of all the the chaos or maybe the pain or the frustration or, or the joy, I pray, Lord, that we would take that one step closer, nearer to you. And so, Lord, today we open up our hearts, we open up our lives, and we ask that you, Father, would come nearer today that you would come near to us and stay by us stay with us God we need know you keep your promises and your word says you are Emmanuel God with us so i pray lord that we would experience God with us this christmas in jesus name finally one thing from the shepherd's story that we learn is that the truth was meant to be shared. Luke 2.17, if you go to your Bible, says, When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Fast forward, it says that the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told You know what this tells me today? Despite what everyone else might think, or what you know, uh, what the malls may say and do, and I I love, I love when people go all out for Christmas and all the decorations. But what it tells me is the purpose of Christmas was not meant to just be a historical event. It is a missional experience. It's not just a historical event, it's a missional experience. The shepherds became the world's first evangelists. And they spread the good news about Jesus with great joy. Christmas isn't meant to be just a feel-good season, but an opportunity to tell others about God. That God is with us. And he can know, and we can know the truth too know truth that truth has a name and that name is Jesus so let me ask you today for those of you who know truth who've met with God how are you intentionally sharing the story this year Share the story like the shepherds. Because that's what this whole season is about. Sharing the good news. It's a missional experience. We've got uh, coming up tomorrow. Christmas Eve service. What if we asked our neighbors? What if we asked those we've had distant relationships with? come out? What if we welcomed people into our homes over the Christmas holidays? And what if we shared truth with those around us? I think that would mark the best Christmas you've probably ever had did that if we shared truth that truth has a name and his name is Jesus